You're listening to the Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture. Coming to you from the third format, everyone's favorite buzzsaw. Vocal fam! Whoa! What's up? It's fall break for us. Is it fall break for y'all? Fall break. I'm teaching four lessons and doing a podcast today. Uh, Is that really a break? Is that my problems? <laughs> I am Is just that, doing uh, this today and trying to figure out, am I watching the finale of Rings of Power today or tomorrow? Uh, These are the big questions. Are, we going, are you going to come and listen to jazz with us tonight? Sure. And then I guess I'm watching it tomorrow. Great. <laughs> Great. Great. Well, we could actually just, we could leave the children at home and the four <laughs> of us could go listen to jazz and then go watch Rings of Power. We have a multitude of options. We have, there are options. Multitude. Anyway, well, it's anyway, fall break here in uh, in the SIP. Uh, More like or, a, just a long weekend. Yeah, it's really just a long honest. weekend, but we get that whole week of Thanksgiving, so we happy about it anyway. I, Yes. Honestly, I mean, selfishly, I'd rather it be this way because I'm like, good, I don't have to like really miss... I, we just have the one rehearsal we're missing. Yeah. And then by Thanksgiving, this is, all my stuff's over. I don't care what we miss oh, then. Oh, gosh. By the time we get to Thanksgiving break. You're going to be a mess. Oh, my god! I'm going to be great. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, no. Like, that's when, like, per my personal stuff for this semester, though. Kicks off? No, it's no. done. It's basically, oh, good. I mean, think about it. I Both of our know. productions are done. Folks. Let me tell you what I'm never doing again. <laughs> you know what we're never doing again? I am never again scheduling two productions in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, it's like, I mean, it's been a little extra work for me, but I think the majority of the work has fallen upon you because you are the one having to coordinate really everything with the second performance. God. I'm just, you know, I showed up to these rehearsals, spent like an hour before prepping, and I'm like, woo! <laughs> Done my part. So anyway, uh, we have two performances coming up. Anyway, uh, so, so today we're going to talk a little bit about the way I introduced acoustics this semester um, in, fact. in class. And um, then I think we'll maybe review She-Hulk finale. Sure. I mean, like the whole season. I mean, sure, we really have, it was I mean, great. You know, like, yeah. yeah, okay, great. Spoiler alert already, but okay, not so, yet. Okay, so early spoiler alert. But if you're here for the junk, I It'll mean, the, a, the acoustics. Oh, um, I thought you were referring to She-Hulk with that. And I was going to be like, it's at the end. No, 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 friends. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, so, okay. So let's get into this. We were going to record this episode last week. And honestly, then, just we had so much to catch up on. Because if, if you did not know, Sarah and I also work together and I think that was really the first time we had like sat down and talked that all, week. all week and so. and we had a we have a lot as I said we're embarking on back-to-back productions in y'all two weeks so y'all get it there's you know and it's I mean for anyone in the academy October gets I was gonna say we're getting to that point where things are really starting to rev up here and you're kind of having to make some bigger decisions about this is this is what we're going with if we make this call. Yeah, we also had another big thing going on which we can't tell you anything about, but yeah, we'll share it someday. Eventually, it'll be a cool thing. But um, so anyway, okay. So this year, let me let me back up a, a, a step. Okay, so before the day I did what we're gonna talk about today, which All is right. that I made a chart, which I'm happy to put on our Instagram. Yeah. I made a chart 
I don't know that it would look good on Instagram because it's landscape. I was just thinking that it's kind of square-ish. Well, anyway. I made a handout. I made a handout where I combined in multiplistic styles. And I kept it in this chart to musical theater and classical. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Two styles we both teach in. In fact. Regularly. Yes. <laughs> Two styles that we teach in the class. And, 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 and we talk about other styles as well, but, but I was keeping this to this. A chart that combined, it's basically just two grand staffs. Yeah. That combines where we might experience laryngeal events of registration and where we would encounter acoustic events of registration. Woo. Okay. And I did that with one grand staff dedicated to treble voices mm-hmm. and one dedicated to tenor baritone bass voices. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're talking about. Now, to give you a little bit of a precursor before I get to the chart, the day before that in class, I had gone over some general principles of sound, fundamental, harmonics, basic definitions of transient theory of voice production, versus solid state or harmonic theory of voice production. Sure, sure. So in other words, looking at the transient val- properties of the vocal tract that that in those that the entire spectrum is basically there, even though in vivo that one broadband impulse does not happen. Sure. We introduced Tiza et al. 2015, okay. consensus paper. So we had done some like acoustics and sound terminology stuff. You had, you had set up some context for all of this. Yes. I had defined what a resonance of the vocal tract was yeah. for them. Yeah. You didn't just throw this at them like... Nope. Just throwing them in the deep end. And that day, mm-hmm. I did have Voce Vista and Madda on. <laughs> both. Okay? okay? They were yeah, both yeah. on. Okay. Um, And were used in different ways. Okay? okay. So know that on day one I did which on our if you're following along the Nats voice science informed pedagogy curriculum mm-hmm. that was syllabus day two semester sequence syllabus week I don't know one, <laughs> one two three four five six week six I'm talking about week six classes one and two so class one being sound acoustics so I had set up sound acoustics yeah Okay, they had done some preliminary readings, Always and good. and I had introduced some term definitions. The difference that a format in in that paper's definition doesn't really exist until it's displayed on a computer program after being run through a fast Fourier transform. Yeah, a res the resonance of the uh, of the vo- resonances of the vocal tract are actually the things that result from tube shape and narrowings along the course of the vocal tract. Yeah, etc. Okay. okay, okay, and. And let me take that one step further. Okay. I had also incorporated into that day mm-hmm. how physiologic vocal tract shape impacts resonances one and two. Oh, 
okay, okay. So, cool. in other words, I had, and I had related those resonances, vocal tract resonances, to basic frequencies. Right. And gave them some systems of memorizing the first two vocal tract resonances. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm tracking with you. You know, yeah. kind of kind of Dr. McCoy's Mason. open C major first inversion. Oh, you know yeah. That. All right, so we had introduced this and I had looped a couple of throat thunks sure, for them sure. already and, and this, that, and the other. So they had had some ideas of, oh, so if the tongue hump fronts and raises, then I'm lower, I, I'm getting a lower first resonance, a higher second resonance. Yeah. And on the other side of the pyramid that I, as I call it, I call it the, the resonance pyramid. Right. Uh, so th we have the one side that basically is highly impacted by tongue fronting. Yeah. And then the other side, which is very impacted by lip rounding, you know, yeah. the OU side which also is tongue backing and et cetera, et cetera. And then of course, sure. if the tongue is more central and there's more centric space, we get that closer resonances of ah, uh, et cetera. So that, they did have that as background. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay? Okay. So that was, I incorporated all of that actually into Sound Acoustics Day. The um. second day, on the syllabus was titled Resonance, Singing Voice Acoustics, Psychoacoustics. Now, let, let me say <laughs> that I had already introduced many psychoacoustics concepts yeah. to them. That, in fact, all that I wanted to get to in this class because I did that in week two Hearing, class right? classes in week two because that was how we listened to singing. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, that totally makes sense. I had already introduced concepts of auditory roughness, Mm -hmm. uh, pitch and and tone color to them. Yeah. Okay. So that that's kind of nice too. They'd had a little time to ruminate on all of that before you're kind of revisiting. Yes, particularly because also I do talk about fundamental harmonics in that as well. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm bringing in some of these other concepts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we're scaffolding. Yeah. Right. We're scaffolding. Yeah. Now, let's talk about historic me. All right. When I would have historically taught the next class, mm -hmm. the class that I made this chart for that I referenced just a minute ago, mm -hmm. I immediately would have punted to Voce Vista. Yes. I'm sure I did that the first time you took this with me. I'm pretty... I mean... This is a, this is already an incredibly different format period. Oh yes. Like you never like when you were just describing, oh yeah, this is everything I covered in the class before, I was like, Oh, I'm pretty sure I had like three or four separate classes yes. on like these different Well, remember, this is also not graduate acoustics. Well, I'm thinking undergrad too. Sure. Okay, okay. Um, okay, okay, okay. But like it was just structured very differently. Very differently. Right. Yeah, and Well, because I'm trying to teach to this syllabus. Yeah, and I mean it makes sense. It slowly introduces it rather than just, here is everything about this one thing this time. Well, but it seems like I'm introducing everything about this one thing this time. Yeah. What you should know, Vocal Fam, is I left a lot out. <laughs> sure, sure. But this, and this is grad, Ped. I mean, or is this also Both. undergrad? Both. I'm, 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 I'm doing a co-lecture this year. I keep forgetting they're combined. They have different assignments, but well, anyway. Good. Okay, so. Yeah, definitely would have had Voce Vista, though, to answer your question. Right. Yeah, definitely. Now, in fact, I would say even before you had this course with me, uh -huh. years ago, like, 
I would treat the resonance unit of this class more about learning about Voce Vista than learning about voice resonance. I'm just calling me out on my own stuff. Sure, I buy that. Okay. Yeah. Now. What I have learned over the years, and don't believe me, vocal, believe me, vocal fam, I still love Voce Vista. I, I think that it's a wonderful tool. I think a spectrogram Absolutely. can be a wonderful tool. There are great uses for it. I don't use it in studio. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love Voce Vista as a program. Yeah. I mean, and the changes that Bodo's made in it over the years are remarkable. And if you really want to dive into this stuff i would encourage you to know that program and oh for sure well it's it's one of the like if you don't have access to a lab it's one of the easiest things it's one of the most accessible programs that you can get and run and really work with in your own home and voce vista video for a student is uh, the basic version of voce vista video is only 49.99 yeah not bad the pro the um uh, for anyone else that's not a student, it's ninety nine ninety nine. Still not still bad not bad. At all. As a rigorous, it is a rigorous program too. Um, and then the pro versions are more expensive than that if you have an EGG. But if you don't have an EGG, there's not a lot of point to that. No. Anyway, okay. Oh, the EGG. So, and I should also revisit the fact that I had also already covered. The week prior, mm-hmm. we had had we had ha- we had registration day, mm-hmm. where I really covered different models of laryngeal registration. So we had talked about mode one, mode two. Okay. We had discussed, you know, more the- historical models. Yeah. We had discussed. Um, uh, Herbstsvetch, you yes. know, like, like, okay, like, yes, so, yes, yes. and we had looked at, I had sent them a video I made of, of me playing around with the EGG for like a half an hour. Okay. I actually, for some reason, we didn't have class that day, and I don't remember why, but, but for, for one reason, oh, it was the day I was doing the Puccini. Oh, well, that would do it. And I had sent them a long video yeah. of me playing around with the EGG, etc. So we had already been quizzed and taken. They've had a lot of groundwork before this particular particular lecture is the However, gist I'm getting. To me, if we're really talking about like pedagogic value uh-huh. of voice acoustics, I feel like the pedagogic value is in, as Ken Bozeman would deem it, acoustic registration. Sure, sure. Where acoustic timbre shifts occur, oh, absolutely, throughout the human voice, or better yet, where physiologic changes need to occur or shouldn't occur, yeah, depending on style, yeah, across the pitch landscape. Because the bottom line with acoustics is that there are shape fundamental combinations Mm -hmm. that don't work well together and that do work well together no i mean i was i remember i was telling you last week that i have a younger student who came in and was singing something like a g like like this that g uh no above middle c that one but like 
she and it was an awe vowel and bless her heart she went for it and she and we've been working on like belting and stuff and she all of a sudden just drops her job just the tallest shape i'd ever seen i was like where where did this come from this is and not you got gonna, like a oh, 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 oh well it just didn't it didn't work like uh-huh. almost n- nothing happened and i was like oh girl what? she's like well it helps when i sing high and i'm like well this is this high i was like is this high no well, we can revisit this when we do this, you know, an octave up or so, but maybe not here. Maybe not here. Precisely. Just not the most optimal shape and vowel at that pitch. So, I used this as a wonderful m- opportunity to relate things we had discussed with laryngeal registration mm-hmm. and the physiologic tube shape things yeah. and yeah. resonance at least more or less focused on the first vocal tract resonance. Sure, sure. Because the first vocal tract resonance, the mighty first vocal tract resonance, <laughs> does play massive effects on obviously... In both styles. In any style of In singing. any style. Okay, yeah. great. And so I combined what I would call significant events mm-hmm. into one chart. I love it. And 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 I did it because, and it just it literally is a chart of two grand staffs, a bunch of arrows pointing at pitches, and uh, some brief little tiny snippet descriptions yeah, no, of musical theater, it. musical theater treble, laryngeal registration musical theater treble acoustics classical treble laryngeal registration classical treble acoustics musical theater tbb laryngeal registration musical theater tbb acoustic registration classical tbb laryngeal registration and classical tbb acoustic registration Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that we could talk about our five cardinal vowels Okay. What's happening at the larynx level? Yeah. And how? And then, and then, particularly if you are considering like transient properties, thinking non-linearly, sure. you know, you're you're understanding that your pitch vowel combination, your tube shape, is having such a significant impact. At that you know, level. non-linearly, sure. what have you. But having it all just in one chart allowed them, I think, to. One, you could easily put this chart. And when I first got into acoustics, I actually had something more similar to this at my piano. Oh my gosh, I was just about to say, like, you just tape it up like a but little I would, cheat I sheet. I think <laughs> that you could literally just tape this to the backside of your music stand on your piano if you were sure. a young teacher. Sure. It would be no different than having a vocalese notebook just a that quick you reference. just kept oh, yeah. as a quick well, reference guide. Or friends, if you're like me and you're like, playing from an iPad these days because I'm gonna be real I th- every morning like I'll make a little a quick list of oh here's some exercises I think might be good to like use today like this is what we're gonna focus on I could add this into that easy just I just have it open right when we're starting and doing things because sometimes I don't know I get in there and my brain just goes blank and I'm like I don't remember what I wanted to do with you exactly so anyway now I would say this about this little chart if we're gonna put it on social media in no way is this comprehensive of anything. No, this is like a beginner's guide. For example, this, or a, a little map. I, I don't even have whistle voice on here. No. It's, okay, like there are many things, both laryngeally and acoustically, 
This is a jumping off point. This is this was designed again. This is my undergraduate and grad first semester pedagogy class. Yeah. This is not my voice acoustics course. Yeah. 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 This sure. is this is this is things I think a voice teacher should immediately have in their tools kit to be able to eliminate guesswork from voice teaching. Sure. And and I gave them this chart, and literally we went through the chart quadrant by quadrant. I demonstrated noises, 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 yeah, with the voice. Yeah. I had left my chart up of resonances and physiologic changes sure, on sure. the dry erase board. Sure. But we literally just went back and forth. For example. Uh, in in like um, musical theater treble acoustic, basically I used it as what pitches do vowel shapes start to open or get boxy, where yeah. they where they might not in classical. Like where does that happen? Sure. You know, sure. and 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 then I would name a pitch, have an arrow, and say e and u roughly will already start to open or get boxy in the front probably by e4 as, as low as e4 yeah and by the time you get to a4 or b4 you have a and o vowels starting to get open or get boxy yeah you know whereas your mama is not your ah for like mama who bore me is not quite there yet no no you sure. know whereas ah is not doing that until probably a d5 ish yeah you know um, and then, but being able to see those in comparison to where those same pitch and vowel things, like in compared to classical treble acoustics, whereas like around the same pitch of E4, where E and U get boxy in musical theater singing, You're just gonna... E and U keep stay round-ish yeah. so that your U has E in it, your E has U in it, and they stay more round. But it's also the same place, and I put this as a note in the chart, where classically even ah stays very speech-like. Yeah, absolutely. Because if ah does anything like e and oo there, or you over-round ah... It's just not good. You're not going to make some sounds. Exactly, just, as, just, as your student did as, on a I was G. Saying, I was like, as literally, I was like, oh, oh, honey, no. Exactly. Not here. Not here. And, and, and so then we talked about, you know, and, but then being able to compare also the fact that around E4 is also probably from a classical treble laryngeal registration standpoint about the point where roughly mode one switches to mode two. Well, and how useful for your students to kind of start to be aware of too yes exactly and then we would just make a noise mm -hmm. e yeah. yeah and and we would relate the fact that we also if it goes e we get interference we, a better, better shape. we get instability yeah now i don't think i'm the only cause th these are like the acoustic points on, on a lot of these are very similar to things that are in Ken's book. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, I want to give him credit for that. It's like a combination of a lot of different people's thoughts and yes. writings. Yes. Like, there's a ton of people, if I went ahead and cited all of this, yeah. I could cite a whole bunch of different things. And some of these are just from my own teaching observations Personal, yeah. as well. But 
I feel like it's like a lovely quick start guide. I was just, like thinking back to you know our whole like format vision yeah, presentation. It's like if you have all those different paths, this is almost like your start. Like this is your little like okay, your little start because it kind of touches on all of these, and then from this point you can decide okay, this is what's working best for this student or for yourself. But not only that, but see here's where I think I because I have never had a class in pedagogy that was immediately A, realizing things about their own voice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And B, immediately asking the right practical questions of application. Because I think in this chart, you have so many roots. Like, if... If the body, if the like experience, the the physiology is what makes the most sense to you, there's a little bit of that in that, and you can like comprehend it from that point. Like there's so many different. But points. like literally, I felt like I was, and granted, I just said I did two classes before this that set up some things. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like I introduced vocal resonance to them or acoustics to them from an application-first perspective. Well, this is everybody's... I mean, I think I can pretty much say this is everybody's lived experience. You put this up there, and at some point, we have all around B or C, when you're trying to belt, you realize, oh, I'm right. This isn't working anymore. I Correct. need to Like, everybody has lived these moments. Like, on musical theater treble lar- lar- laryngeal registration, all I put was that B4 is roughly the upper limit where you can no longer take mode one higher than that. Yeah, yeah. You know, regardless of what it might sound like, like you're making some shifts. Correct. Oh yeah. Correct. And so I feel like this was the missing path that we didn't talk about this summer. I feel like this is the path of starting with application. I like that. Like, like this is the, and I, because what, what is the complaint that we always get? Like we made the joke this summer of, oh, of but how do I how do I skip to the good part? Yeah, how do I put this in my teaching? And we were like, oh well. A- and I have a guest lecture I'm giving coming up on Zoom for an, an, a univer- another university. Fun, fun. Who asked me to you know talk about vocal resonance? Yeah, formants, sure. whatever. Sure. And I was trying to think of how I could practice for that within my own class, where I knew I had limited time in this new syllabus. You could start with this. I am going to start with this. You totally should. And then relate it back to frequencies of the first resonance and how we change shape, and and how vocal tract shape relates to these. Mm-hmm. And again, as I said, this chart is not comprehensive not even a little i mean it is not attempting to be no it and it shouldn't be not everything needs to be you know what i mean like right but this is when you open up the instruction packet and you flip to the page with all the pictures the quick start guide yeah this is the quick start guide this is not all the warnings and the this is step-by-step descript no but this this is skipping to the good part no i like it very and it's very practical exactly And so, like, we would talk about things that were on the chart, and it was plenty of time to demonstrate all of them. Delightful. And, I mean... this is something they can then take... They could have left that class, walked up to a practice room, and just sat there making these sounds themselves. And going, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, or sit there with a song they've been struggling with and be like, oh, you know what? This is this pitch. Maybe if I try this. Ah! Like, <laughs> just thoughts. Yeah, no, it's very, very. Exactly. Handy, very incredibly useful. So maybe Sarah and I'll apply to present this at a conference or we're something. Just gonna, we'll we're see. just going to tape this up in all the practice rooms upstairs. <laughs> tape, tape it up in all we're the practice rooms. We're just going to tape it up. Yeah. But here's the what thing. What is this? But here's the then the, 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 the comeback of this chart. Mm-hmm. This chart is not just made up gobbledygook. No, no, not at this all. This chart is grounded... Like you said, if you started citing everyone you were pulling from to make this. But like I'm saying list. that voice teachers have have done stuff like this for centuries. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like Ken's sure. always quick to make the point of of I, f- I keep finding that things that the Italians wrote 400 years ago were, or 300 years ago were right. Yeah. Y- you know, things of this nature. Well, again, it's like saying it's a lived experience. There's a reason. Yeah. That we all identify like there's a reason we've been doing that. We're like. There are things that we've been like, well, this just works. This just gives you exactly quick explanation of maybe why. And exactly. You can certainly go read more about exactly why if you so desire. Exactly. So anyway, it was an exciting little chart. Maybe we'll put this up on the Instagram after the episode drops. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, if it if I, I can make if I can make it look right on Instagram. Honestly, I think if you just even I mean I know it would stink, but if you just cut off the base clef on the bottom, I think you can make it. But then well, it's then even more it more landscape. Yeah, that's my bad. That doesn't help at all. Um, I don't know. I don't Instagram know. does the whole like thing, like the, the like where it'll take a landscape and make it like. It would make it work. You would just anyway. need to make sure it was still like something you could read. Anyway, and don't think like listen. I don't think I really invented anything here, vocal fam. No, it just was. I mean. I just made a handout. Just a handout. But a good handout. I curated a handout. Just a good handout. There you go. New way of teaching the material. Woohoo. I think one of the the things I'll maybe be remembered for in my life is that first emergency Nats chat that we did at the start of the pandemic Mm -hmm. when I was encouraging all of us teaching pedagogy at that moment to instead of thinking ourselves as content creators, just being content curators. I like that. This is content curation. I was going to say, that's kind of what this is. Like low key. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much what this is. Anywho. Anyways. So that's what we've been wanting to talk about for a couple of weeks that we didn't get around to last week. This week I've moved on. Let me tell you what. This week, uh, Perna taught two topics that he is not an expert in, but but they went well. They went well. I did. This week was um, motor learning. Um, yeah. Uh, on, on Tuesday. That's exciting. It was an interesting discussion. I bet it was. And uh, they had read some Lynn Helding, listened to yeah, some Lynn sure, Helding. Sure. And then um, the second day was uh, Lifespan Voice. Was I? We did some itty kitty bitty little yes! what, kid, itty kitty kitty bitty unicorn, whatever it is. Amazing. Uh, we did. They had to listen to Karen's episode of the podcast. Karen Brunson's episode. Amazing. One of the things that was cool about this week, though, and it's been cool this semester, is I'm handing them these listenings and reading, reading. Mm-hmm. I'm handing them the readings. And then they're coming back and listening to the Vocal Fry episode. Where we discuss the readings. <laughs> I was like, folks, do you know how many of your, like every single author that we've discussed sure, this semester has been on, has been on this show. What? <laughs> Which I just thought what? was a pretty cool thing. I was like, y'all, come so on. Cool. Um. Anyway, and I kind of just didn't even realize that until class this week. I was like. No, that, that sounds right. Like, it's pretty cool, y'all. That that does sound right. Um, I don't think there's a single 
author that we've used who has not at one point or another been on the podcast. Uh, I, I take that back. I had him lead a, read a little snippet of Dosher. And oh, no. Barbara obviously was not yeah, on this show. May she rest in peace. In fact, that would um, have been impressive. <laughs> impossible. Because <laughs> um, while we've been doing this show, what seems like forever. It wasn't actually. It has actually not been forever. It was actually not at all. As it turns out. Yeah. Maybe you feel like you've been listening to this show forever. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> in a good way, I hope. I hope in a good way. I hope in a good way. Yeah. I'm sure in a good way. You wouldn't you wouldn't still be here if it wasn't good. Yeah. I hope. <laughs> um Vocal Fam, in in what do we have? Two weeks time we have uh What's in two weeks time? Two weeks time we have Wait, wait, wait you looking for me to tell you a person? Yeah, t- don't we have a guest in two weeks? Uh, yes, Elizabeth Benson. Elizabeth Benson's going to be able to talk about her book about surveying teachers of contemporary singing. Yeah. Um, Always exciting. And so we'll look forward to... It, it won't just be us. <laughs> ...to having Elizabeth on uh, to discuss that, that book and those interviews that she did. All the... I don't know how many people, 40, 50, something like that. Impressive. Um, so we'll look forward to that in two weeks' time on the 28th of October. Uh, and then next week, I think we will dedicate an entire episode to reviewing Rings of Power, probably. Yeah. Um, we probably need to record that with your hubs. Oh, probably. Because neither you nor I has actually, actually read, read the Cimmerillion. Listen, Every week, every episode, Jamie's just over there, he'll, and he'll pause it. Like, I need to take the remote away from him at some point, because, like, and he'll be like, what's really cool about this is that in the Cimmerillion, blah, 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 and I'm like, oh, my gosh, Jamie. All, I, I, I have avoided I the only spoilery thing that I no, do. No, I haven't heard any spoilers. No. I'm not going to say the thing. Okay. Is that we do find out who Sauron is ah. in this episode. And since the episode I'll dropped today... I'll take um, that. I have been trying to avoid spoilers with most, um, pretty much success. Actually, what's your what's so? What's your last minute prediction? And we, neither of us have watched it. Whoa, last minute prediction. Uh, I'm sticking with Hallbrand as probably eventually the Witch King of Agmar. Yeah, I'll buy that. Jamie has me pretty convinced on that one. Um, and I think scary blonde guy with black fingers is, if not Sauron. Mm, I, I don't know. If, if we've met Sauron, I feel like that's Sauron. The Stranger. The sh- no, he's the Dweller. I think the Stranger. You think the Stranger is Sauron? Is Sauron. That he somehow fell from the sky? Well, Sauron was a Maiar. But he's already been around. Okay, well, I stand with blonde, scary blonde man. I'm going with the Stranger. He's actually he's, evil. I hope not. He's been trying to be so good. Trying. He's been trying. He did do some good things, minus some moments. I'm going that the Gandalf comparisons are a red herring. Well, so, and that's why I thought maybe it would be Saruman, since Saruman came first. But thought about like, that, too. Saruman made the, this was Jamie's take when I said that. Well, you see, Sarah, Saruman made the choice <laughs> to come to Middle-earth. Um, he wanted it because he's always been more power-hungry, but Gandalf was expelled. He was sent. This is why like, we need great. the hubs. Uh... He has a lot of opinions on it. Um, <laughs> I... I don't even know. I don't even know. I'm real worried about... I don't think I have any theories. I just have concerns. I'm really scared for Nori and her parents who were like, oh, let's go after the scary people and yeah. go find the, the stranger. What could possibly go wrong? And I'm like, well, first off, 
They have like a two, like he has Gandalf or whoever he is. The stranger has like a two day head start on you, and y'all are short. Like and we've already established, you're slow. You have no food. Like there's a lot of problems here. A not lot. Not to mention those giant wolves. Yeah. Jamie had a theory that the three, that the wolves are yeah, the three that they're shapeshifters. Or you might have sent me that. I think that's correct. I I don't know. I don't know what I'm expecting at this point. I think I've given up. All right. Um, we have a few minutes left because I, I do have a lesson at the top of the hour. Right. Um, so if you've been following along, we have uh, been watching She-Hulk. In fact, what a twist last night. <sighs> okay. So this is my favorite finale of any of these shows outside of the finale of Loki. Mm -hmm. Now, that's what I meant. I wasn't saying that, like, I liked this show better than WandaVision. Sure, sure. Like, WandaVision was spectacular. Well, that's it. Like, my personal rankings of the the Marvel TV shows is different than my, wow, y'all really nailed the landing. My, My ranking of the TV shows is... Loki is um WandaVision Loki this. Very cool. No, WandaVision Loki Miss Marvel. I this. No. Wrong. <laughs> WandaVision so Loki Miss Marvel Moon Knight. All right. This. Cuz I was going to say mine would be WandaVision Moon Knight for me, then Loki, then this, I think, then Miss Marvel. But those somewhere those are close. in a deep descent of the dungeon is Falcon and Winter Soldier. It just didn't. Even Hawkeye was better. Like Hawkeye, at least. Oh, I Hawkeye had a fun would be time. next. Hawkeye would. Be I had next. a good. I had a good time with Hawkeye. I actually did. I don't get the hate for What If. I genuinely. Like, oh yes, no, I love What If. I didn't I even count genuinely that. Sorry. Enjoyed it. Uh, I don't uh, really. It's a little different. I don't know. I think it kind of. Might I think I put Hawkeye what I think. What if What if would be above Hawkeye for me? Real okay. Yeah. I think they're kind of tied because they just felt so different. Like it's hard they for did. me to compare them. But um, no, I I really ended up enjoying this show. Particularly the last episode in my mind made episodes that I had questioned. Oh my gosh! So much better. Oh my gosh! Okay, so the it I mean it started strong, right? What like is, I need to know really quick. What was your favorite moment? Because I had a favorite thing. My favorite like, moment favorite of the thing? She-Hulk finale? Yes. I mean, no question. It was Kevin. I wondered. Okay, okay, okay. It was, it was Ke- first of all, that make That fan. totally makes sense. I mean, like, Kevin Feige is now, like, one of my heroes. Yeah, sure, sure. In, in and the idea that he could... I could see him doing that to keep himself from dying, turning himself into a giant AI He was the not the voice, right? I don't think so. Uh, there was there was a rumor I had seen that he actually voiced the oligarch. That would be funny. There was a what was your favorite moment? I died when essentially they had the whole scene mocking internet trolls. I mean, I mean, I would be saying the same thing if she was a man. Said everyone trying to like be, oh no, I'm not sexist. I'm not sexist. I would be saying the exact same. Would you? I'm not racist. I'd be saying the same thing if they were white. Like I was living for that whole scene just tearing those internet commenters i haven't even watched since the first one because it's funny i had seen them post something about the finale being released and i had like briefly perused the comments and there were almost exact word for word comments that matched things that were said in that scene hilarious and i and i just as somebody who 
tries to ignore most internet trolls, tries to just enjoy what I enjoy without the internet's negativity. I relished that. I relished the fact that, hey, it's okay to like things. We don't have to show how cool and smart we are by hating things. And by saying, well, if you like it, you're stupid. Guess what? We can all like it. Like, Are you saying that we can all like the things that we like? Yeah, shocking. And not be dumb for liking them? And not be canceled for them? And not just... I just, I don't I get, don't think you understand the internet. I don't get the mentality. I don't, apparently. I just never have gotten the mentality of, I don't like this. It makes me upset. And if you like it, you're dumb. You don't understand. Well, so anyway. This was that. definitely my favorite meta-gen moment. Yes. It all, st- like, yes. Like, we finally, I felt like, got the breaking the fourth wall at an appropriate level of yes. She-Hulk. Well, and particularly, too, it happened right at the... Because, like, things start to unfold. At first, I'm like, okay, okay. And then I start to be like, okay, this is getting a little... This is getting a little if, weird. I don't know if I'm buying this. And then she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm like, oh, y'all know this is bad. If I may, I mean, it also... Well, okay, so with the, with the, with the meta, I'm going to break out of Disney+. Plus. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah, sure, sure. Go to set... And be like... Meet the writing team. And they're like, there's just things that have to happen. And then meet Kevin. I love it. I love it. The AI behind the entire MCU. But sort of, yeah. Meta on another level. <laughs> on another level. I think this sets up multiple things. Mm-hmm. I think this sets up... Well, first of all, I thought it was great for Jen's character. I agree. I agree, and I love her saying, making the point, because I feel like I've made this point before, too, that sometimes the stakes can be just on a personal level. The stakes don't always have to be the entire universe. Universe ending? Yes. If you keep trying to raise the stakes, you eventually, like, there is no con. There is it was nothing fantastic. to compare it to. And love the that. fact that basically Daredevil was in this show just because Jen, in her own words, wanted to smash him. We get it. Fantastic. Amazing. Fantastic. Get it. Also, get over yourselves that that's not Daredevil. Uh, How is that not Daredevil? There were a bunch of internet trolls saying that that was that. Oh, that for the most didn't part, didn't fit Matt Murdock's character. For the mo- oh, I saw that because he's get Catholic, over yourself. and people read are like, a, read a comic, folks. Well, people are like, read a comic. That man is in confession every week. Read a comic, folks. I was Re- read a comic. I did see like a video about. I luckily I manage to avoid most of that and end up on a side of the internet where I hear about it because it's people refute like refuting it and I'm like I'm not gonna argue with an internet troll but I'm glad someone's out there doing doing good doing doing the Lord's work um okay but the thing uh, her x-men reference was so spot on her thumbs up just like hi guys don't worry I'm asking I'm asking I'm here with Kevin I'm gonna ask yeah but can I just say about that moment had she said, but like, can I get some fantastic forecasting information? What a great The moment. internet would have literally stopped Just watching imploded. Marvel movies. Like, it would have imploded. Just imploded in that moment. Like, they would they would have canceled Kevin. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> potentially. It, it's possible. Now, on that note, I think what they set up here, though, yeah. is the beauty that will inevitably be Deadpool assassinating Kevin. 
I didn't even know, think about that, but yes. Deadpool will definitely assassinate take out Kevin. The weird AI robot. Yes. Yeah, I buy that. To buy take that. over the MCU. Sure. Sure. <laughs> of course. Why not? Why not? Why not? Wait. I can't wait. Why not? <laughs> so, other thing that I feel like we at least have to mention uh, Hulk's kid. So, Scar. Surprise. So, I think that we're just setting up that, you know, the, the whole thing of him needing to go back to Scar, Sakar, where he was in Ragnarok, where yeah, most sure. of the events of Ragnarok take place. Yeah, we don't know how long he had been there. Well, long and, enough to And have we a kid. know that through the time, the portal there, that time is weird. Weird. He, yeah, he obviously was there for some time. Um,. You know, we also don't know if his kid was his well, how, kid or was his blood. Well, another thing I saw, because I Googled, because I don't know anything about that character, is that in some versions of this, that even when, though the kid, like, in Hulk form, looks essentially like that, that it is, in fact, like, a, an eight-year-old. Oh. That, like, when he transforms back well, to the human form. Well, the actor that they have playing it is way younger than he looks as the character in the and CGI. And that's what, apparently, that's... That's what I He looks saw. like a teenage and kid. And I was like, that makes more sense that, like, when he hulks out, he looks older and, like, this big monster, but Which it's, in fact, makes just a sense. child. It really does, especially if you're thinking kind of literal timeline, how many years it's been, yada, yada, yada. Which, obviously, on Earth, it's only been a week since, or a month since Hulk left, a couple of months. Oh, uh, I just mean since Ragnarok. Oh, you think the sun came during Ragnarok? I think that's when the kid got born. If they're going to follow... Because apparently, like, apparently in the comics, Hulk, like, when he was a gladiator, like, fell in love with this woman and that's had right. a kid. Now, don't know if they're going to follow that plot line at all. We it don't know. any number of I things. I think they're obviously they're setting up World War Hulk, which set takes place on Sakaar. Sure, that'd be so, very cool. So, I mean, uh, that is... Seems or just to be another young Avenger. There. And he's another young Avenger. Oh, I didn't even think about that. You're I totally right. Oh, my god! Because I didn't know anything until you mentioned it about I mean, World War Hulk. I was just like, young, we need a young Hulk. FYI, on the, on the Marvel front, Black Panther has a time jump. Oh. Okay. So there's like a time jump at that the beginning sense. of the movie. Like okay. there's like a... Like the beginning of the movie takes place apparently like two and a half years before the rest of the movie. Like huh. Shuri, okay. like something like Shuri is not able to deal with, with T'Challa's death, mm. um, this, that, and the other. But the queen is ready to move on. Okay. And Shuri becomes more and more despondent. That all. And makes that's sense. when Namor shows up, and then there's a time jump. Okay, very cool. I mean, it kind of honestly probably a good way to handle it. I, I about mean, as good as you can. I mean, I'm not surprised. No, not at all. Um. Anywho, so get your Black Panther tickets. Tickets are we now gotta, yeah. on sale. We'll we gotta, we gotta, we gotta do figure that, that out. <laughs> um, uh, tickets are on sale for Black Panther. Um, my wife and I, on a totally side note, not not our typical related, we went and saw Amsterdam on Was Saturday night. Wow, what a cast! I mean, what? Oh, a that's I forgot. Cast, a little bit of a kind of a dark comedy drama oh, film noir that's kind of fun <gasps> murder mystery combination i love a murder mystery um but based off of a true story love that too kind of wild another movie that i kind of forgot was coming out is black adam 
Black Adam. That's this week, right? And the, and the first reviews dropped today, and apparently it is wild. Great. It's next I weekend. mean, it's Dwayne also, Johnson being an weekend. anti-hero. Um, I'm ready. So anyway, we'll go see Black Adam. And uh, Doctor yes, Who. Doctor Who is the 23rd worldwide event, which they finally released some publicity for. Yeah, I know it took long enough. I honestly what a disaster. It's okay. This is the last thing. This is the last thing, and and some they made a joke. I forget. I think it was on Radio Free Scarrow. They made a joke of like, and the next day, Chris Chibnall will not uh, not Chris RTD Chibnall. will take over the marketing. Yep. <laughs> And by marketing, it will basically all just be on his own Instagram. And you know what? That's okay. Look, as long as I know when things are happening, that's really all I want. Well, he was already... Occasional trailers. He was in an interview already talking about something else, and he was already talking about the second season, so they're at least doing two seasons. Woohoo! Amazing. So, I mean, I think uh, the RTD takeover will be... uh, I'm cool with it. I'm ready. He's going to take over that. Bad Wolf is going to take over that social media. We're ready. Maybe on the 24th. (laughs) Give him 24 hours. You know, yeah. like maybe they'll give them 24 hours or oh, something, yeah, sure, but sure. they are taking over that social that's, media. That's fine. Because my gosh, you wouldn't even know that there was a Doctor Regeneration coming up no. unless you're a die-hard Doctor Who fan. I, yeah, it is what it is. Anyway. Anyway. That's all coming. So what'd you have for breakfast? What did I have for... Oh, you know what? A few days ago, I made these. This is going to sound more complicated than it was. Whole wheat, oatmeal, sugar-free chocolate chip muffins... Because, you know, your girl sometimes just needs a muffin. All right, now. Um, and then that's what I had for breakfast. All right. Yeah. Big congratulations to my student, Andrew Fahrenbacher, who yeah! opened the Opening national nuts! tour of My Fair Lady last night. Exciting. Other he sent me, he sent me a picture of the program. He gave me a shout-out in the bio, in his bio, in the program. Yay! That's so cute. It was very sweet very of him. Very so thank exciting. you, Andrew. Uh, congratulations on opening. Congrats. And I'm sure the tour is going to be magnificent. Phenomenal. There's another congratulations that I can't make yet publicly, so I'll make that one next week. All right. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, so exciting times. Hope October's going well for you all. We're about halfway through October. Woohoo! Um, midterm. Halloween is coming. Get your pumpkins. I'm getting pumpkins Get your pumpkin weekend. seeds. Oh, maybe. All right, folks. That's it for us. All right. Peace. Bye.